Of course, Gillian Goss back on your radio at 6 o'clock on Friday. Part of our show on a Monday on Gillian Goss is Georgie Parker. She also joins us on Sporting Goss on a Wednesday. Georgie, commiserations to everyone in Melbourne. Another seven-day lockdown, of course, starting at midnight tonight. Yes, and a bit very disappointing. A lot of um, upset people, clearly. Um, a couple of easing restrictions, so Year 11s and 12s able to go to school, which is really big for them. It's been a really, really tough for the kids. So I'm glad parents, a lot as well as the kids, can get to school and um, have a little bit more normality. But it's a really tough day for a lot of Victorians. I mean, I'm I'm okay because I was very lucky to leave last year. I feel like mm. a bit of a fraud if I were to be upset after the year that the Victorians had last year. So just another blow to them, um, just as we thought everything was getting back to normal and, um, you know, missing out on a lot of big things like that Dreamtime game, which is going to be massive over there. So I'm, I'm so excited for the people of WA to go to such a special game. That's a really, really good one. Yep. No doubt. And uh, looking forward to calling the action. I'll be doing the stadium call here on SEN. So anyone coming yeah. to the game downloads the app. They'll be able to get play-by-play, no delay. We'll give, you the, we'll give you the full stats. We'll give you around the grounds. We'll give you He's all the breaking too. news. Yeah, it's good fun. Looking forward to it. There's yeah. nothing better than calling an impartial game as well. Yeah, oh, absolutely, because then you're not going to get those tweets saying that you're a disgruntled <laughs> West Coast fan and you hate Fremantle. <laughs> I'll always get I hate Fremantle. They just they were, on, they were on a mission yesterday. Wow. Oh, it's funny. It's funny what they hear what they want to hear, don't they? The nuffies. Mm. But that's fine. That's yep. fine. No, it'd be so exciting and um I'm I'm so jealous. I wish I was there, but look, yeah, it's gonna be beautiful, so especially out. at Optus with the, the lights that you mm-hmm. guys have there. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just so good. Like how good was um the weekend Sadug Nichols round, you know, yep. with those lights and the show that you can put on. It's the best stadium in the world for that. Um, with Best Aim Australian for that with that with the light show, so it's going to be brilliant. Hey, just news just through, yeah. and you've uh, sent me a couple of things. Uh, oh, interesting enough news that, um, uh, as we know, Naomi Osaka decided just for um, anxiety and, and her uh, her mental illness and and the like that she's uh, out of the French Open after yeah. pulling out, and not wanting to do media. Um, are you torn between your opinions on this? And maybe she should have. And I say this, and I understand the anxiety, and I understand the mental illness. She probably should have um, portrayed that a little bit earlier when she said she wasn't going to be doing media. Yeah, I, I'm very torn. And I think with this, you know, empathy often prevails and you should always tread on the line of kindness mm. rather than anything else. Um, that's something that I try to live my life by. But at the same time, um, it's very important for the sport that things like this go ahead. I think that the way it was handled to begin with um, probably wasn't the, the right way to go about it. I think that it's never good idea to throw out there's a problem without offering a way of solution so a way of reconciling how she can fix this or or the tournaments can fix this whether it's being um you know shorter press conferences whether things are being vetted a little bit more whether there's off topics that are off limits things like that way to help Mm -hmm. the tournament directors go about it rather than doing a blanket rule i'm not doing this for this reason approaching them prior giving them some understanding behind why um I think that's what was probably the way that it became that mm. not hatred towards it because I don't think you can hate her, but I think people, you know, throwing out the it's part of your job, this is why you should do it kind of thing because it is part of her job, right? But I think that well being is the more important part of your job. So I'm still very, very torn about it. Um, and Venus Williams, um, I'm sure you've got the grab of it, spoke very well about how she handles it because I think it's it's a it's a hard and 
um, anxiety-riddling thing to go in front of that many journos, but it's it's a difficult one, I think. I'm torn. I'm sitting on the fence. I hate sitting on the fence of things. <laughs> Have a listen. This I is how hate. Venus Williams, when asked how she deals with media conferences and press conferences. For me personally, how I quote, how I deal with it was that I know every single person asking me a question can't play as well as I can and never will. So no matter what you say or what you write, you'll never light a candle to me. So that's how I deal with it. Um, but each person deals with it differently. I'm not exactly in that camp in regards to people having an opinion or knowledge of a game or asking questions in press conferences. I understand where she's coming from and she's confident in her response. But let me just say, the late, great Bill Collins called over 30 Melbourne Cups and was never a horse jockey or trainer but knew more about racing than anybody. Yeah, but I think it's what she meant by that is if anything negative was to be written about her, it wasn't necessarily about her as a person or anything like that. I don't know. I sure. think it's, it's her way of separating the two. Okay. Um, so that's how I kind of read that of, um, mm. of her being able to go, do you know what? I still have this and I'm still a good player. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's her. And like she said, it's everyone has to approach things differently. And some people do want to just hide in their shell. And that's Naomi. She's a very shy person. Mm. You can see, you know, the images of her when she beats, Venus, uh, sorry, Serena at mm. the US Open. She covers her face. She's a very mm. shy, introverted person. So it's difficult when part of your job is by being watched by millions and millions of people around the world. So mm. I guess she's got to find how she can um, deal with it. And I, I agree with you. I don't think that you need to be an ex-player to be able to be an AFL journo or have an opinion on sport. No. I don't think that at all. But um, that's the, her way of, of dealing with that separation of her as an individual as opposed to her as a tennis player, I think. I think we're better for knowing that Naomi Osaka's admission of her uh, problem with anxiety and, and mental illness, I think that's uh, better for her. I think it's going to be for better for everyone. I yeah. think it's probably going to be better for the tennis media community as well when she does make her return. Just in regards to the press conferences and people tripping up, and I mean literally tripping up. Oh, my God. What about this? You've got some news on another French Open star who's out of the tournament, also something to do with the media conferences. Oh, can you imagine? So, can you say a name for me? Because you're better at saying <laughs> Petra Kvitova. I don't want to get it wrong. That's it, Kvitova. She sprained her ankle at a press conference. You could not write this worse for tournament directors there at the French Open. You've had one player withdrawing because she doesn't want to go to press conferences and the onslaught coming from it. Now, another person has sprained their ankle at a press conference after a game and now has to withdraw from the, the tournament. I just can't imagine just their PR departments and just overdrive at the moment. 100%. Now, the Dreamtime game is sold out, but you've got uh, – Jared Whateley has said on his show mm-hmm. this morning, let's get Big Free 7 to the Adelaide Oval, give it the festive atmosphere and meaning it deserves. Everyone's rallied behind the Dreamtime game. South Australia footy public would cherish the Big Freeze, sell it out, put Blighty down the slide. If you can't, there was no point having it at an empty MCG. How do you think? Yeah, I would love that. I, and I agree. I think you've got to think about what's the best thing for the charity here. Um, so, I mean, I don't know how their numbers go in terms of what they're to take. Do they get a percentage of what comes out of the G? Not too sure, but they certainly do have a better coverage. Therefore, people are watching it. Therefore, people are donating it. And then the federal government chime in dollar for dollar and all that sort of stuff. So I just think as an event, a TV event, you need a crowd. And that's what Adelaide Oval will be able to provide. Yeah, definitely. And it kind of goes on to that... Um, that push, I guess, for all these kind of marquee events to not only be at the G, it's kind of maybe a trial and the Dreamtime game showing this, that you can put these events elsewhere 
and that the public reception to them is going to be phenomenal still. So I'd love this to be moved because I think the players themselves, they hate playing in front of empty stadiums. Yeah. I don't know the logistics behind it. I'm, I'm not privy to that kind of thing, but I'm with um, Waitley in this that things like this, what it's about, it's about people rallying together and having it in front of an empty crowd um, isn't good for the players or potentially the, the um, charity itself. So I'd love it. Adelaide Oval, beautiful place to play footy. The boys mm. love it. Um, and Adelaide's such a proud footy state, just like WA, just like Victoria is. But sometimes we get lost in the VFL nature of, of the AFL. So I'd love it to, to be moved big, if yeah, possible. Jared. Yeah, Jared Waitley, Big Free 7 Adelaide Over. It will certainly grow legs, I'm sure. And how does this make you feel? Um, tell us a bit about Lauren Young. Lauren Young. She plays for Norwood in the the Sandville Women's. 15 years old. Gosh, what were you doing when you were 15? What were you doing you, when you were 15? Oh, you don't want to know. No. Well, what she's done, she's gone and won the Stanford Women's Best League Best and Fairest, not Club Best and Fairest, League Best and Fairest at 15 years old. Wow. 15. I was, dating a, I was dating a girl who was a fan of the Bay City Rollers at 15. <laughs> I, I was doing nothing of note when I was 15, but 15 years old. And this is just showcasing, I mean, some some haters might come out and say, oh, it's just showing the, the level of the women playing footy but what it's showcasing to me is just the girls that are able to play she was 10 years old when the AFL women started so she was playing through odds kick from when she was five she's played longer than people who were playing AFL women's have played for and she's showcasing that these kids are going to be coming through and just going to be able to rip the AFL women's open when they come through I'm just so excited but seeing stuff like that it makes me excited. It makes me jealous in a, in a massive way. I wish I was able to do that. Um, but I'm so excited. And Lauren Young, 15 years old, Sam for Women's Best and Ferris. Brilliant. Got to go. Got to go. News is on the way. Thanks for the chat. We'll awesome. speak to you on Monday. Always. Have a great weekend. Stay safe over there. Thanks, mate. Wash your hands.